Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Breakout Con 2019. Episode 207, Online Games. Presented by Stephanie Bryant, Harlan Guthrie, and Joe Fallick, with moderation by Jennifer Adcock. This will be available on the RPG Design Panelcast for anybody who's interested. If you want to listen to it twice. What's that, Richie? Is that true? Oh, it's from Jason. It is true. Oh, yeah. Like, Don't be fooled by my yeah. announcer voice. So any heckling will be recorded. For my my employer wanted to know if it was going to be recorded, and they will retweet it and share it widely. So get a little more, get a little more visibility for Jason's podcast. Nice. I'm freaking out over Great. this microphone. Okay, you guys good to. It's three o'clock on the dot. Amazing. Okay. And we're already recording, so it's all good. <laughs> all of that. They got all of our banter. A plus premium content. All right, so welcome everybody to the online tabletop gaming panel. Uh, so lovely to have you all here today. Uh, I'm your moderator. I'm Jennifer Adcock. Uh, here we have our fabulous panelists. We have um, Stephanie Bryant, Harlan Guthrie, and Joe Fallick. Hello. Hi. All right, so if you guys want to just get started with a little who you are, what you do, if we want to just walk on down the line, maybe. Okay. Um, I, I have no idea like how close I need to be the mic- to the microphone, so let me know if I'm too quiet or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I'm Stephanie Bryant. I am the Scrum Master at Roll20, Roll20, uh, which is an online tabletop, virtual tabletop, uh, probably one of the very largest. Uh, we have over three million, or sorry, over four million as of about two weeks ago, members. Uh, I also am a independent game designer. I wrote Threadbare RPG, and I am currently project managing Jinkies, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse uh, Scooby-Doo game. So it's currently on Kickstarter, ending soon. So Great title. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Can I ask you a question, Jennifer? Yeah. What is a Scrum Master? Stephanie. Oh, I'm sorry, Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the Scrum Master is a role in a software development team that is part project manager, part cheerleader, uh, part slave. I I don't know. Uh, (laughs) um, It's it's basically a role of organizing the team and getting, uh, helping them focus on the work and commit to the work that they're going to do uh, while also playing defensive tackle against um, the product product owners and business people who want to add work to the team that would then cause them to uh, slip their deadlines. So uh, I I heard cats. (laughs) Professionally. Professionally, I heard cats. Uh, very nice. Uh, my name is Harlan Guthrie. I am uh, part of a YouTube stream called the Invictus Stream. We stream every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We have done a ton of different RPGs from Call of Cthulhu to Numenera to The Strange, and we focus on things like community involvement and interaction with our audience through Twitch and YouTube and Discord and things like that. And other than that, I don't create much. I steal ideas and, and repurpose them as my own. But, that counts uh, as creative. That's what I figured, yeah. right? Yeah, so 
That's me. Uh, I'm Joe Fallick. It's nice to see you all here. Uh, I'm also part of the Invictus stream, one of the stream mates, as I exclusively like to call us. Hello. Additionally, I am one of the Toronto Area Gamers uh, Dungeons and Dragons administrators, so I help organize and uh, DM for uh, Dungeons and Dragons here at Breakout Con, which is where this panel is happening today, and uh, I help organize different events as they occur in our beautiful city of the greater Toronto area. Fabulous. So, online tabletop gaming in sort of broad terms for the absolute uninitiated beginner. Where, where do you begin with what that is? Oh boy. Um, Big questions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a, a broad. I mean, obviously, Roll20 is sort of like a virtual tabletop, a way that people can visualize what they're doing as they would around the table. Uh, I mean, what we do is, is more sort of uh, like using Google Hangouts and YouTube is sort of just talking directly to each other. Um, so I guess it's just what the, the it's the ability to play online. I yeah. mean, it, it it's everything from playing uh, playing via YouTube, for example. Um, but it's also like a, a tabletop, a virtual tabletop, like Roll Twenty or Fantasy Grounds or any of the other ones that are out there. Um, but it it even includes play by post, mm-hmm. play by email. Mm-hmm. I would argue that. Um, virtual gaming uh, impacts in-person tables as well. We're all able to take advantage of Roll20 if we exclusively want to use the maps or the um, the rolling mechanism, the virtual dice, uh, at a table where we're all sitting face-to-face. So... Um, I did that yesterday at your table. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's pretty cool to have the the character sheets with all the spell um, cards available to you. The, these are tools that we can use um, at, at at gaming tables where we are face to face with each other. So I think that we should be able to include that as part of the definition as well. <laughs> I'm game with that. Yeah. You guys have already gamed together. Yeah. What? I lucked out. I got I into Joe's. a hint of jealousy. I got, uh, yeah. I lucked out. I got into Joe's uh, D&D game yesterday morning. It was my first game of the con, and it was the best. Thank you. So, so happy. We ran a tier two um, murder in Skullport game. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Go check it out. Joe's a, Joe's Promotion. A, Joe's a great DM. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. And she's fine. <laughs> So, uh, so what uh, tabletop games have you all played personally online? Uh, I know we've talked about um, Roll20 being u- can be used for a lot of different systems. I know I've played quite a few on Roll20, but I want to get your guys' personal experience on what games you've played through online and where you've found that, what games work well with it. Uh, so um, I have played a lot, I mean almost every game system that I have played, I have played online. Uh, through Roll20 at some point. Um, I, I I haven't played Pathfinder online, but I could. Um, <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> we could, we could, but I'd, I'd, then I would be playing Pathfinder, and usually it, usually if, I, if I'm if i playing Pathfinder, I just want to be playing D&D. It kind of Ooh. weird that way, yeah. Ooh. Shots fired. No, it's, it's not that, Pathfinder's a great gotcha. game. It's not that, I, it's just, that's, like, when I want that crunch, that's what, that's what I'm craving. Get a peanut butter sandwich. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, D&D is my peanut butter. So, um, story games are my chocolate. You know, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. But, 
so I've I've played a lot. I've played story games online. I have played D and D online, obviously. Um, I've played I've played Drama System online. I actually wrote the um, or not wrote but converted the Drama System SRD for Roll Twenty, so that it's now available for everybody. Even though the demand for it was like very low, but it's it was a passion project, so I, I just um, enjoyed that. Um, I, I like yeah I, I've. I've played games that didn't have a character sheet on Roll20 on Roll20. You um, mentioned played by post briefly. Yeah. What system did you use for that? And what, what website? Was it by email? Did you use a forum? So I've used forums for play by post. Um, and I've used, I've used email, but not, not extensively. Like that was in the very early days. Um, I, like way back in high school, I used play by mail. I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers doing yeah. that. That was insane. Um, and I've used Discord. Discord's really good for play by post. For play by post. I find now that's sort of the, yeah. not the um, standard, but it's kind of the go-to because it's kind of so popular. Um, I just started uh, experimenting with Rollgate, which is a play by post, um, like it's, it, that's, their, that's their platform, that's what they're doing. And there's also a very large, uh, very active uh, text-only group on Roll20 that organizes essentially like text-only and in some cases, they're not just, you know, we're typing at the same time, but they, the, some of them will be asynchronous, so it's like play-by-post. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I, I, I must confess that my <laughs> ability to stay in a play-by-post game seems to waver by how It takes a lot of attention. It does. It and you got to remember, too, it's like if you're doing something for a few weeks, and you're like, where was I? Oh, yeah, and then you got to yeah. read. No one likes reading here. I mean, come I on, let's be honest. Well, well Sorry. you're the only one, clearly. I'm the only person here who enjoys <laughs> reading. No, but it, it's true. If you don't stay up on it, it's like you fall behind, and then it's and tough. then you just feel bad about getting back into it, and you're like, oh. I'm the same way. I'm in, like, spurts. Like, I'll do it, like, really, really hard and fast, and then I'll kind of wait, and it'll go up and down and waver, and then I'll lose interest all the time. What are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, games that we've played, I've played online, too. I mean, because we're sort of more centric just around the camera, um, there's some really cool games. There's one called um, Viewscreen. I don't know if mm -hmm. everyone's yeah. ever played that. That's a great game that's uh, sort of done through the medium of, like, Google Hangouts. Yeah. Like, it's designed to be done only through the camera. And... Uh, it's sort of, I guess it's sort of like a LARP in a way, but story-based games, Call of Cthulhu, things, because again, we sort of, at least this side of the table, goes more towards, not that we don't use Roll20, but more towards just the, the back and forth camera angles, games that are using description to, to cover the floor maps and things like that, rather than the actual need for spaces, like Call of Cthulhu, investigative mysteries like that. That's typically where my wheelhouse is, and... Uh, and yeah, I mean, story games now, there's, there's many games we played that uh, you don't even really need to roll for some, sometimes. It's just like, hey, let's just tell a really cool story. When rolling is concerned, as far as the Invictus stream goes, uh, because we're using Google Hangouts as the medium by which we are broadcasting um, the game, we, we do have to roll dice, obviously, occasionally, when we're <laughs> not playing an entirely story-based game. Uh, and we also want our live viewers to be able to see the dice that we're rolling. Not that they don't trust us, but it's nice for them to see the dice as they roll. So one of our fans actually wrote a program for us that allows us to add dice rolls as an overlay on top of the video live and also gives us the opportunity to 
uh, broadcast sound effects. Cheat. No, sorry, yeah, sound effects. And actually, because Google Hangouts originally had that built in, but they changed it, they removed it. Mm -hmm. So he wrote us that sort of script. Tim Tabor, shout out. He's not here because he lives in Indianapolis. But he uh, really uh, did us a favor on that one. So, yeah, it was really... It's is that available to the public? No. Okay. So I <laughs> never will it. be. No, I that's it for no reason. I think we've I think we've actually sent it to a few people that use Google Hangouts primarily, uh, because yeah, Google dropped it and it sucks. Yeah. Jerks. I wrote the help for the for the uh, for dice. dropping it. No, for the dice oh, that good. was the that was the dice roller in Google Hangouts oh, did back you? in the day. Yeah. Nice. I wrote the help file for it. It was very useful. Just like for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why they got rid of that? Why they got rid of the yeah. the Hangouts, the plugins? Yeah, all Google, the plugins. Google Hangouts just they they I I suspect there was there were decisions at the at the high level for that, but I don't really know. I'm not I'm not a Google. It wasn't employee. your fault. I'm not a Google employee. Good. No, I, I wrote the help for the just for the plugin, not not for Google Hangouts. Mm. I mean that's you're not Google. Not Google. <laughs> Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Um, I want to I want to give a shout out on a game that is amazing to play on Roll Twenty, mm -hmm. uh, or or really just online, just in general. Um, it's a game by Quinn Murphy called I I I, I like I like pimp this game all the time. Um, it's called Community Radio, and it is basically a radio show so like the gm is uh the, the dj and and all of the different scenes are built by the other players and they play them out and then in between the scenes the dj will come in and give like you know they'll give the bump they'll give the ad they'll you know they might play a song and it it is an incredible experience when you're playing online to have those because you can just have those those sounds queued up for for in between mm. scenes, um, and there's just like it it just ends up being this immersive experience because you could turn the monitor off if you really wanted to and just have it all audio, uh, and and it, that that kind of gives it a little something crunchy to it too. This sounds awesome. It's it's a it's a good game. So I'll that, play it. <laughs> so on that kind of note, we're talking about community radio and Harlan. You were talking about the um, the all camera based game. Mm. Um, so view how, screen, view screen game. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, how do you all find uh, designing a game for online play different for designing a game for in person play? Like, what are the ways that you can sort of make weaknesses strengths in that in that um, format? Mm. Good question. Um, I would say for us as part of a gaming stream where we are essentially performing for an audience mm. and we're, um, we have to keep a very uh, strict timeline in mind. We only ever game for three hours. Uh, there are a lot of challenges that come into play when, when you're considering those limitations. You have to really um, visualize the arc of an episode when you're writing a game so that you're able to um, position story beats uh, in such a way that it makes sense in order so that we can put our mid-game post in the middle of the episode where we you know, thank the people that have been working with us recently, mm -hmm. at Chronicle Brewing, for example, or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, that we can finish at the, a reliable time. Um, in terms of the format, um, thankfully we use uh, microphones and as well as uh, as the cameras. So 
you know. Well, format-wise, I think when when creating or playing a game for us, because it's because it's live, we're very aware that people are like watching us, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, which typically happens in a live format. Um, so we're oftentimes we have the 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 mindset of. Not only what we're doing in a character as a GM towards the players at the table, but also people who are sort of, from an outside perspective, watching this. Which sometimes, I mean, when we do more investigative games like Call of Cthulhu, it's really interesting when you're sharing tidbits of information to the players and the community simultaneously, where the community might pick up on something from the handout and the players haven't yet. Mm. Which is sometimes where I'm like, oh, well, you know, you should... Check out the community and see what they're thinking right now. And they're like screaming an answer or something People like that. People talk with us on Discord as we are live streaming the game. So they'll like solve a riddle and be feeding hints to the players. There's like a chorus of angels <laughs> singing behind us. Like, please open the door that you didn't notice was there. It's, it's, like, it's like when you're screaming at the television. Yeah, yeah don't, don't go in don't there. Yes. It's true. Well, it's it's especially interesting because of like certain games that we do that are continuations of campaigns and we've introduced new players and things like that. There's meta knowledge oftentimes that the community will know, that the players won't know, that the GM wants the community to know and not the player to know, and that's when you're sort of dropping a lot of plates. But it gets fun on the good side of it. Additionally, I think you can introduce um, some fun media into an online game. You Phil can, Collins. I mean, you can like drop a link and be like, hey, here's what the room looks like, right. uh, as opposed to necessarily just relying on the power of like verbal storytelling when you're sitting down together at someone's dining room table. Um, there are a lot of cool resources that you can just direct people to online. You can say, like, I mean, specifically with Roll20, I love the the idea that you can utilize the fog of war. That's something that I find traditionally at the table can be a little bit more laborious, can maybe, like, stall gameplay a little bit. Whereas when you're using a tool like Roll20, you just click two buttons and the players see exactly what they're supposed to be seeing. Nothing more, nothing that's, less. That's why we have it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Literally. And I, yeah. I bring that into my face-to-face tables often because it's such an amazing tool. Yeah. I, um, so, so one of the interesting things, because uh, you guys have talked about like how do you design like a game like the, the session, like the adventure, mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that I've uh, been privileged to see is game designers designing for the Roll20 platform, for online play. Mm-hmm. Um, how and, is that different? Uh, so for example, um, mechanically, like, like there, are, there are math heavy games that at the table just grind down but in person, because the the math engine is already there, uh, they don't. You know, they they're they're easier. Um, and I'll give an example. Uh, we have a game that Roll Twenty actually commissioned called Burn Bright. Uh, we commissioned it because we wanted a we we wanted a game that we could use. Um, first of all, we wanted it to be fun. That's this is a company that, that really values being able to play games that are fun. But we wanted a game that we could use as an example of, hey, here are all of our features that we could show off. And so that was like, that was like one of the reasons why Burn Bright came about. And one of the things that the designers came up with was, all right, there's a push your luck mechanism in the game. And there's, uh, uh, there's like you, you roll a certain number of dice. Um, and every time you push your luck, the number of dice you roll increases. And like that, that sounds like, oh, that's a great way to build my dice pool. Except that 
uh, you fail when you roll doubles. And so there's a there's a there's code in the background that will identify that you rolled doubles. So like every time you roll the dice, yeah, you can you can sit there and start like counting up you know your doubles, but if it just quickly highlights and says this is mm-hmm. how many this is how many doubles you got, then it's done for you, mm-hmm. and it it's, it like speeds that up and makes uh, everything go a lot faster. And I think that that's one of those things that I have seen. Um, I've seen happening more uh, recently that, that game designers are starting to look at how can I how can I get the the math part in without having to make people do math at the table as much. I think we that hate math <laughs> and reading and reading and reading. Math and reading. God. God. <laughs> just put me in the dark. I think honestly, though, that's a really great point, and I just want to highlight that game designers now with tools like Roll20, they don't have to sacrifice the crunch of the system if they if they don't want to scare off new players. Like they can mm. onboard people if like you were talking about Pathfinder being an especially crunchy system, you don't have to read four core rule books before you can understand how to build a character no. or how to you know rule appropriately. If yeah. you have a system like Roll20 who like you literally have that kind of math pre programmed yeah. into um, Help me out here. How how do you play a Pathfinder game versus a D and D game in Roll Twenty? Uh, so you mean like on the on the tabletop? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's just a different character sheet that you would populate. No, it's or? a different character. So when you make a when you make a I don't know how many people have have used Roll Twenty here, but I'll just give a quick. When you make a game, you decide which character sheet you're going to use, and sometimes either the character sheet will have a compendium associated with it, or you can pick the compendium you're going to use. The compendium is the rule set. Uh, that is available on, on Roll20, and they're available. Um, th- they're available via the web, and they're also available in in the VTT. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like if I'm just here and playing a game, and I need to look a spell up, I can just pull out my phone and like look it up. It's really pretty easy. Which is awesome because, so as you awesome. said at our table yesterday, you had your tablet with you. Yeah. I am interested in getting as many people into RPGs as possible, and that means a lot of younger people, a lot of people who are not really familiar with, like, I don't know, I guess all the errata that comes along with RPGs. It's so amazing to be able to say, do you have an iPhone? You can play this game. You're not going to have to read this rule book. Let me help you. Yeah, and and now, uh, just last year, we launched the Character Mancer, which is, um, it's like a little wizard that walks you through how to create a character. Adorable. Uh, we, yeah, we, is it like that little, what's like, paperclip from no, Word? No, it's much nicer. It's much nicer. Um, I like that. Let's talk about Less Clippy evil. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it walks you through, and uh, we, we launched it originally for 5th uh, edition D&D, and then now we have it available for Pathfinder, it's available for Starfinder, um, and we opened up development for so I, I don't know if people realize this, but Roll Twenty lets you make your own character sheets if you have a, a pro subscription. So if you're um, if you're subscribed at the pro level, you can program your own HTML form. You write macros for, yourself. Yeah. yeah, well, but macros too, but like the form itself that when you click on the character sheet tab, it, it'll show up, and um, which is awesome. And we opened it up so that you can make your own character mancer to go in that. So, you know, there are there are people who are from the community, and when they check it into our code base on GitHub, uh, we will accept it in, uh, provided, you know, it meets our, our community standards. Um, 
and and will and then it'll be available in the, just the dropdown. So like like if you if you make a character sheet, this is like like the most exciting thing to do by the way is make your character sheet and like put it in and and a week later it shows up in the dropdown. It's like you feel like really like proud. You're but, contributing. Um, to contributing. Like, yeah. Whole... Like I've I've done I've I've contributed three character sheets now and, and I, every time it's a big rush, but um, but yeah and and then and so now it's possible to do that with. Uh, with these, this like what you can like code in the wizard as well, and it'll it it can either if it's a if it's one that uses our our compendium, it can draw information from that, or it could just be one that steps you through, um, even if it's for something that doesn't have a compendium, like um, if it were GURPS and you just needed something that was going to walk you through character creation in GURPS, and and say you know well how many points do you have and how many are you spending on this and this and this and so it can it can really be a, a helpful tool that way so on that on that note so roll 20 is is by a significant margin the most popular um virtual tabletop the most popular platform for online tabletop gaming at this point um, is it simply some of those built-in technical features that sort of make it so popular is there something additional that sort of makes it whether for traditional games indie games old gamers new gamers whomever it's easy to use um, that was that was the 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 core concept behind why they made Roll Twenty six years ago was mm -hmm. uh, they they were trying to use I think it was Map Tools or something and it was they were the, the, these three guys uh, the, the founders of the company uh, they were like well why do I have to you know do a, a the proxy this and register that and, and download this They're like why can't I just go to a web page and have it connect uh, and so that was always the vision was that it would be easy to get in and play a game um, and that that's been the driving vision uh, ever and since. I think and I think what Joe mentioned too is it sort of makes the entry point into this I mean you know, RPGs, they, they can be really intimidating. Not only the crunch, but just the idea of sitting across the table from somebody and, you know, pretending to be somebody else. It can be a bit scary, and yeah. Roll20 makes that, a, especially nowadays when online is so much more accessible and stuff like that, it sort of makes it easier to step into that world than to step in front of the real world. Which well, and, is I, and I, think, I think, I mean, the reason, like, one of the reasons to use Hangouts Right, because you guys mm -hmm. use Hangouts a lot for your for your uh, every week for your video, yeah. and I think one of the reasons why using Hangouts makes sense is again, it's easy. It's one click. Mm -hmm. I like easy. I don't like reading. I don't like. What's the other thing I don't like? I yeah. don't like math. math. Yeah, easy's my wheelhouse. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we use the camera from Google Hangouts. Now we run it through OBS, and it sort of does restream, so it goes to YouTube and Twitch and all that kind of stuff. But it started in Google yeah. Hangouts, and we still use it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that's the idea. I like the idea of, of, of being able to just step into that without having to go through all the, the background work. You have to build it up first, obviously, as they did with Roll20, but then you just press record from here on out. Low barrier to entry, always, always good. Yeah. So in talking about, you, you say it can be intimidating even just to sit down at a table and sort of step into the shoes of another role, of another person. Uh, is that something that uh, would you say are there a lot of things like that that would be easier virtually as opposed to in person? Things that would be simpler for someone new to do online? I definitely think that is the case. Even if we were talking about, like you say, low barriers for entry, some people have like mobility issues. Some people mm -hmm. have issues with anxiety. Gaming will always be easier from your 
place of comfort Mm -hmm. and for almost everyone that's going to be when they're at home in their pajamas (laughs) which Uh, we're always in our pajamas well we're costume from the waist up and then pjs (laughs) from the waist down pjs on a good day sometimes nothing um (laughs) it's it's really amazing that being able to connect with strangers a lot of the time um over the internet and it just allows us to look for people to play games with without having to I guess make that social connection. We're nerds, okay? Mm-hmm. We're all nerds. We have a really hard time looking people in the eye and saying like, "Hey, do you want to play make believe with me?" Yeah. <laughs> if, well, and you if know you, what? If, sorry. If no, you no, like go to a website where it's already understood that that's where you, what you're there for, yeah. it's so much easier to say like, "Did you want to play Dungeons and Dragons?" Like, of course they do. They're on a Roll twenty, looking for game four. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they want to play Dungeons and Dragons with you. And to take the chances too, to like expand on what you maybe have traditionally done. If you have played role playing on, on the table before, you know, there's like a certain amount of when you're looking in someone else's eyes, feeling you know a bit judged for being a I don't know, tabaxi or something. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh man, this is too much to bring out at a con. And being online, it sort of has that like. In a way, I say like wall between you, which sounds more exclusive, but in a way, it just kind of makes you feel more comfortable to to step outside, to try new things, to try new voices, to try new characters, and to experiment. Well, I, I know for a fact that um, we, we've had we've had users contact us and thank us because they were able to game with their friends from high school that they haven't talked to in ten years. Totally. They were able to play games uh, even though they are bedridden. They were able to play games even though they have so much social anxiety they can't really talk uh, to other people, so they play the text-based games. Um, People who were able to play as the gender that they identify with, um, even when the rest of the world didn't. Powerful, powerful mm-hmm. stuff that Absolutely. we that we have seen. In the, I mean, those are the stories that keep us going, right? I'm not crying. crying. No, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, um, and tabaxis, those two. And, and yeah, yeah, right. People who play the tabaxi that they really are inside. Yeah. I don't. I mean, no, but seriously, like people, people who um, you know, people connect with these stories. They mm-hmm. want to be able to do this, and um, and I mean, they're like you were saying, you know, people with mobility issues and everything. And yeah, like that's. You like I I I am grateful every day that my legs work and I can I can walk into this room and 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 do this, and I am I am also my heart is is full when I hear about somebody who is able to to play even though like they're they have a laptop and a bed and and they're you know for mobility or fatigue or or you know uh, recovering from something or anything. Um, you know, they're, they're still able to enjoy their deep imaginative experiences. Even for those wonderful. of us who are working with a full gamut of privilege from the get-go, my brother lives in New York right now. I am able to play Dungeons yeah. & Dragons with him online. Like I, That's why the Invictus stream started, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys kind of lost touch over college. Uh, you guys went away, mm-hmm. and, and you decided, like, hey... We need to keep this up. Yeah. Let's get together once a week online, play RPGs. That's exactly what it was. And it's interesting that you mentioned, and I 100% agree, of course, with you know people who have these issues that don't make them. I think the don't make them able to to play, or rather, using Roll Twenty makes it possible to do that. I think it's interesting because streaming has also introduced me to people who 
love RPGs, and I think this is sort of the, the, the increase of interest in things like Critical Role and all that kind of stuff, people who love RPGs but lack, yeah, maybe the friends or ability or just, again, even beyond that anxiety to even play an RPG, mm -hmm. that like watching it because I've had people, mm -hmm. we have community members that love RPGs. Never played. Ne but don't play them. They yeah. just like it. And that's, it's interesting to see people being like, oh man, that, that was such a great game. And then be like, oh yeah, well you know you can play too. They're like, oh no no no, I don't play. I just but I love but I everything love about them. It's yeah. it's interesting because I didn't realize that really existed I, until I, I ran my eye doctor apparently loves watching the streams Aww. and and mm. like this is this is how he and I connected because I was like I was like yeah I work for World Twenty. He's like oh really? I, I watch I watch streams with them all the time. Yeah. I was like, do you play? He's like, no, I don't have time to play, but I love to watch. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's like cooking, you know. Like my, I love watching cooking shows. Yeah. I used to. I used to run. Uh, no yeah, math. I don't, no I math. Don't no cooking. No reading. <laughs> um, I used to. Uh, I used to run a um, uh, online or not online uh, in person adventures league group. I was. I guess it was encounters at the time, and uh, we would do prep with the DMs a week before, uh, and we would do that online. And the main reason we did it online was because everyone had kids. Mm -hmm. So again, they, so they, they were like, they could just get up and walk over and deal with the kid and then come back. And it was, you know, it was not a big deal. And it wasn't disruptive the way that it could be if it's at your house. And like, everyone brings their Don't have their to hire babysitters. No way. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's nice to be able to find players for games that aren't popular in my local area. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, which is a big thing because I, I like to play a lot of indie games. I mean, I love D&D, but I also like to play Drama System and there's like two other people in Las Vegas where I live that want to play Drama System and one of them is my best friend. So, um, <laughs> like, I got I got both of them and a few people from work and we actually got a good Drama System game going. So, stuff like that where it's just like, like being, like, it just broadens your your options, I guess. Is there anything that any of you find that you miss from in-person play when you're playing online? And, and if so, how do you sort of compensate for those? Yeah, I think, I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, there's always something to like being able to, honestly, especially for us, because there is still that immediacy in getting to see the person's reactions, but there's, there's even it's a millisecond difference. There's something so different about being able to react immediately to the person across from you. and. I find like, you know, riffing back and forth with someone that you're really clicking with in person is so much easier than online. I mean There are human gestures that you miss. A high five, right? Cheersing. God, I want to hug so bad. Cheersing, like <laughs> huh. Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> and the tactility too, rolling dice, yeah. the feel of paper and pencil. Yeah. This like old school shit. Like, you, you, I miss that a little bit from our, like, online games to the point where if I'm the GM and it doesn't matter if people can see my rolls or not, I'm going to be rolling. using dice yeah. because I, I prefer it. I miss being able to get up and walk around while I'm at the table. Yeah, I, I get antsy. Mm. And, uh, oh, we I'm need playing. cordless mics like fucking yeah. Madonna. Um, and, and, um, right? She doesn't. Years. One of the things that uh, uh, one of the, one of one of the things that my friend uh, found when he was running he was he ran Junkies online a couple weeks ago for the Gauntlet and um, he said, "Gosh, one of the things I keep forgetting about playing online is that you can't talk over each other." And it seems like that's a good thing, but but in reality, you can't have two conversations going on at the table at the same time, mm -hmm. and that's really that's kind of rough um, and. It, it's I, we we world twenty has a feature for that too, um, which is that if you're using the 
the video and voice uh, on on the tabletop. You could do a whisper. I was going to ask you about that because I find that that's one of the things that I really love about Roll20, apart from the fog of war, that I would love to use in an in-person game is the ability to call someone away from the table yeah. secretly and say, hey, now yeah. you're a lycanthrope. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. tell your friends sorry, that three no, weeks sorry. from now is going to be a big problem. Yeah, yeah. that can be tough. Yeah, and there's, three weeks and there's, from now. Yeah, and there's two ways to whisper. One is through the chat, mm-hmm. right, where you just do slash W and you say whatever you're going to say. And then now the video and voice actually, if you're using if you're using that instead of like Discord or, or Hangouts, you can, as the GM, you can start a whisper with another player mm. and it it isolates your audio channel. That's cool. It is super cool. That's neat. Um, and uh, I haven't played with that. We just totally are. Facebook. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's one of those things. I'll text that, you. Like, Check your yeah. phone. Yeah, right. I've done that at the table. That's what we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> when I'm GMing, I'll have my players. Or sometimes I'll, like, yeah. rip off a really obvious piece of paper and write something and slide it. Um, yeah. And then it will just be a picture of nothing. Yeah, it'll be nothing. Yeah. And it's just to, to scare the players. <laughs> it's like rolling for no reason behind the screen. Like, oh, yeah. You just do it. My favorite GM trick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so playing over the internet and with strangers, you know, we're at a convention right now, you know, playing with strangers is just a fact that's going to happen. Um, how do you deal with playing with strangers online, and how does that differ from playing with strangers, say, at a convention? Hmm. Well, for me, as a woman, I am, and I feel safe here, in fact, I am a safety officer here at uh, BreakoCon, so if you guys need help, come find me. But the issue about personal safety is always a concern when you're meeting with strangers. Um, I feel safe here because this is a well-monitored convention and we, um, there's a lot of uh, systems in place to make sure that everyone feels safe. There are, uh, there's an X card at the table, for example. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with the X card, you can tap it if any content is being introduced uh, to the table and we will either skip or discuss whatever is making the person uncomfortable and this is to make sure that um, everyone who is at the table is having a positive experience. Um, When we're not in convention land and things are maybe less than ideal, if I'm joining a game on Roll20, for example, with a a crew of strangers and the DM is not me and they're not using safety tools, it's it's a little bit harder to control that environment, I find. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a one way in person is safer and in one way in person is less safe mm-hmm. for me personally yeah i mean um you're pretty new to playing with strangers yeah i don't i don't like strangers no strangers. i love strangers reading math i know richard now. This is the list. yeah math <laughs> cooking strangers what else i don't know um no i mean uh, yeah i i mean i feel Similarly, obviously, and I agree that conventions and in certain respects, especially conventions like this one, do have advantages for that. And being online with strangers, you know, it's nice because you can always like close the window. So true. No, boop, done. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, So yeah, I guess in a way that's that's kind of the the ultimate kill switch when you're when you're bored with. You don't even have to walk away. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to tell them goodbye. You just and then and then if you you know if you want to be nice about it, just be like, oh, I lost my internet connection. I'm so sorry. And then you just no, I can't play that week. No, I'm sorry, I can't play that week either. You know, ghost them. That's a thing now. (laughs) That's a thing you can do. That's a good thing. Um, For for me, uh, so uh, similarly, I I am concerned about online safety. uh, I, I feel like I have a certain amount of, of privilege, um, and so 
I I try not to take that for granted, um, and I I I'm like I'm not I'm not afraid to use my real name online, uh, which uh, I know a number of women who are, uh, and 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 also you know non-binary people and and people in marginalized communities, um, but uh, for for the most part for me. I have not had a lot of bad experiences, and I think that is luck more than anything else. Um, it's true, I can close the window at any time. Uh, part of my privilege is that I know what resources are available to me to report people mm. on whatever platform mm. I'm using. Because every platform you use to find players will have some method of reporting them. Uh, and even even if nothing happens, at least you will have made the report and you yourself will, will feel like I, I did something. Maybe nothing will happen, but I did something, I said something. And maybe the smart or safe or whatever thing to do is just leave and not say anything and that's okay too. Like whatever it is that you need to do to be safe is the right thing to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like, and, and again, it might just be unlucky, um, but I haven't had a, I haven't had a bad experience, uh, like a really bad experience with people online. I have had bad players, but that's different from having a bad experience with with somebody. Like mm. a, a bad player, you know, someone who's like they're they are, you know, a spotlight hog or they're you know true rules lawyery or whatever it is. Like that's just that's just normal. That's the thing you, you'll encounter in any. In any game, anywhere, conventions, at people who don't like math, anything. or reading. people who don't like math or reading, uh, or strangers, strangers, um, cooking. Um, but by people the way, in hooded sweatshirts. That's the other thing I miss about about playing in person is is people bringing good snacks. Oh, so nice. fucking true. Why did we not talk about snacks <laughs> and beer? Snacks and beer. Beer snacks. I uh, think. Although on the plus side, I don't have to share my beer. Ooh, sharing. Right? Who Ooh. likes sharing? So there's I that. Briefly, want to mention that. Oh. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say that I think for, and I agree with what you're saying too. Strangers is never with us because we're a YouTube stream. There's exactly like the say. flaming comments where they're mm -hmm. like, you know, when you post every game that you do for public scrutiny, there's always going to be like four people who dislike your video and email you because oh, you should have <laughs> called for sanity rule, Joe. Fuck oh, that too. I, my blah. favorite is like the last comment I got was just like, does Harlan know he's fat? I was like. No. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Next question. I guess. It wasn't even directed at me though. That's the best part. It was like directed at one of our co-streamers, like as if he would to ask. Let, let me check one second, Harlan. Do you know you're fat? Yes. Yes, he does. Thank you for asking. I think that's just part of the territory, though. Oh yeah, that's like a, that's it's like a different whole thing. It's part of online gaming when you're doing it for an audience, but there are going to be a contingent of people who feel like. It's okay to message you on Facebook some like very personal questions about oh God, what yeah. you do for a living or whatever. Or what you're wearing right now. And there's always going to be dislikes on videos for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Before it starts. We, we have we have four million users. There's nothing that we can post yeah. that yeah. is going to get a hundred percent positive response. Exactly. It's nothing. hard, and for me it was hard because I came to the Invictus stream after its inception to not initially let that criticism influence me in the way that I run my games and the way that I play my games. But I think once you get used to it, like the water's fine. 
They're mm. just people, you know? It's like a fish. you got to acclimatize them a bit. You are full of very interesting... I like fish. <laughs> but not cooking them. <laughs> so sushi's okay. Sushi! I really like cooking, and I love reading. I'm just being funny. I do hate math. Really? So I guess um, as sort of a, a final question for you guys from me, um, for streaming for an audience, uh, is there any sort of advice you would have to someone getting into that for the first time? Someone who wants to say, hey, I want to take my game and stream it for an audience online. What do you tell them? I mean, for me, I would immediately ask them, why? What, what are you interested in? Do you want a following? Do you want feedback? Are you looking to build a community? For us, we don't want to be famous or whatever. We we started doing this because we wanted to play more games with people who were in disparate locales and it was most convenient for us to, to get together and while you're on Google Hangouts, it's a hop, skip and a jump from just putting it out there. Once people started watching, we actually formed a very loyal, very small community of people who wanted to show up every week and chat with us. And part of the reason that we do what we do is because we care about the people who hang out with us and we want their input. We we converse with them on Facebook, on Discord, throughout the week when we're not live. Um, and the people are important for us. But if someone wants to get famous, like, don't talk to me yeah. <laughs> about that. I don't, don't know how to Don't you even try. Well, we, no, it's just we don't know how to do it. We, um, <laughs> like, the famousest shit that we do is, like, we took, play, uh, took part in the Extra Life charity where we collect money for um, children's hospitals. We raise $5,000 one year, $2,500 the following year. You know, that that's the stuff that matters to me and, and that's the stuff that I know about. Like community building yeah. and interacting one-on-one -on -one with people. And, and we just, we write games, we play games that we give a shit about and that we care about. If you want to get famous, I guess, probably talk to like the McElroys. Hmm. I don't know. Who? I'm just joking. Uh, no, no, and I, and I agree. I think community is sort of where we're focused on. I mean, and it's 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 nice because you can, and you talked earlier about like using your real name and things like that. And I've never had to worry about that, obviously. But I've had I I really benefited from being able to talk to our community one on one and have conversations with them and you know know about them. And and even though some people you know life took over in the last five years and they're like, oh, I had some kids, I don't watch your stream as much anymore. I talk to them just as much. There are people who, one of our community members was having a tough time around Christmas and other people in the community uh, reached out to sort of the people who are most prominent and said, hey, do you guys want to pitch together and like buy her a Christmas present? A Christmas present. Which was awesome, and we're like, yeah, and and we each recorded like a little section of video, and then the community member edited it all together and sent it to her, and it was like so outside of what we do, but the whole reason it existed was because these are people who watch us on a Wednesday. It was it was a weird, in a way, it felt like too much responsibility in a way, because it's <laughs> like, oh wow, like this is somebody who, when we meet fans in real life. You know, they know a lot about you, and you don't really know it's, that much about them. Right. You're like, oh yeah, I was just moving. They're like, I know. I know you're moving. <laughs> How's your son doing? I love the color of his hair. I, I guess for me, my advice said that. to That's anyone who's interested in live streaming is like, stay true to yourself. Don't do anything that you don't actually want to do in order to like obtain more viewers or, you know, don't set goals that are unrealistic for yourself. Just like. Have fun and make yourself happy. This is a hobby. 
So yep. don't don't aim to like make a million dollars from this because it's not gonna happen. Or if you do, then that's fine. But we're not the people that would have any advice for that. Right. <laughs> um, so I just started streaming uh, a couple months ago, and it's uh, I don't do it very regularly. What I stream is a DMing workshop. Oh, nice. nice. So um, like every roughly every month, I I go on and I just do a like an hour long workshop on how to set up and DM D and D on Roll Twenty. Um, Here's here's my here are my two tips. One, set up your OBS streaming software to be looking at a player view rather than the DM view. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your players to be able to get spoilers from the chat, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> and two, uh, I made this mistake in my very first stream, which is do not need to log into your your other web browser that is on the same desktop that you're streaming from because it is possible that your password will then be viewable or just your email address, either way, and then you'll have to go back and edit your video after it's already streamed and just be grateful that it was your first stream and so you only had one person watching. Um, But yeah, that that, Carlin accidentally gave out his real live phone number a couple of times in the stream and then it was I never in a million years thought I was, it was that was it wasn't actually role playing I was doing a video game stream that night and there was like a phone in the game and I was like oh throw my real number as a joke and like the next day I got two texts from random numbers oh, and the weird. and the one dude one dude was like hey does this work and I was like I thought oh. it was somebody else I was like who was this I was like hey it's so and so from the stream <laughs> just thought it and I'm like cool Please don't text me again. Yeah, let me go edit the that video. That's weird. I did. I went back and, and yeah. unlisted it immediately. Yeah, like, oh. I I, I, I have fun. I have accidentally typed my password into chat rooms Oof. because of the wrong window. Mm. Yeah. So let me tell you that is a very uh, that was a that was a bad mistake to make ten years ago. Today, uh, it, it's it's kind of a bad mistake because now I use a different password for every single website because I did that mm-hmm. and it took me an entire day and a half to change my password Oof. where I, in every site that I had used it on it was great the passwords suck <laughs> they're they're worse than reading and math they are they really they're are. right up there but are they right worse than fish. cooking no god cooking's the worst and fish wait do I like or hate fish I thought you like you fish, like fish not but not cooking whatever fish. I hate it all <laughs> all right so the last five minutes of the panel are reserved for um, any questions from the audience uh, so, for if you guys want to go through any final thoughts and any personal projects you want to share with any upcoming stuff you have, you want a promo. I want to try Jinkies. Yeah, me too. You should totally try cool. Jinkies. Yeah. Uh, Harlan has been running a, a Call of Cthulhu campaign in ten parts on um, the Invictus stream. That's kind of what like launched us into somewhat mediocre notoriety. Uh, was the first one that he ran. So if you want to catch the end of that, I wear colored contacts and I'm very excited about the colored contacts. Just Super you. fun. <laughs> That's my project. Sorry, I had a question for Stephanie. What was the name of the, uh, the DMing workshop thing? Oh, um, I actually stream it on my Twitch stream. It's, uh, it's under The Real Mortane on Twitch. Um, M-O-R-T-A-I-N-E. Uh, it's, uh, it is not affiliated with Roll20. It is my personal project where I say um and ah a lot. That's the only way you can do it, really. We've done a few. We do. uh, We've done the Invictus Guild as well. We've done three episodes of three hours each that talk about DMs Guild. What do I call it? 
Invictus Guild. Whatever. Can we take a question? Did you want to promote your stuff first? Or? Oh, um, yeah. I, I, the only thing I would really pimp, you already did it for me, Harlan. Thank you. <laughs> Jinkies is the best Jinkies thing ever. Jinkies is the best thing ever. Uh, no, it really is. It, it is awesome and fun. And um, and we're like $800 away from funding. So, <gasps> I mean, it's really close, guys. Yeah. So, tell everybody. Um, it's on Kickstarter, Jinkies. Or if you like are lost in Kickstarter land, uh, JinkiesRPG.com redirects directly to the project, so it should be pretty easy to find. So. Okay. Um, I actually have a few questions, but I'm going to ask them one at a time to give other people chances. Um, first one I have is for Roll Twenty. Uh, what do you do when you have house rules that you want to incorporate in the game? So, for example, if like. For Pathfinder, say someone has a druid in Pathfinder and they have an animal companion, but mm -hmm. they want to enter a game with that character that's D&D, and D&D doesn't have animal companions for druids. So, um, well, first of all, you you are unlikely to take your character from the Pathfinder game to the D&D game. You'd recreate it because it's a different that. character sheet. Um, but uh, generally speaking, say your DM says, oh yeah, you can totally do that, I'm okay with that, then you would just have your DM make a, a, a you know, character sheet available for your animal companion, or you'd put it on the character sheet as just like, I have this animal companion and here's its stats. Um, even the character mancer supports a lot of custom stuff. So like if you've got a custom class in your D&D game or your Pathfinder game, you can just enter whatever the, the information is for it. Uh, if it's something like, okay, I'm, um, I'm, a, wi I'm a, a wizard, but I have this one cleric spell because my GM said I could have it. You can just drag it in from the from the compendium onto your character sheet, and it's added. I did that. It's yeah. great. It's 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 super slick. Like there, it's one of the things that when we when we were making changes to the platform and to the character sheet, one of the things we always keep in mind is, well, a house rule could make it so you do this, right? So we always want even even if you drag things in and drop them, you your character sheet, you can always just change it. There's there's almost always like some way to to just modify that that field. Good question. Uh, yes, you in the sort. Of, I think that's camo jacket. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, again about rule twenty. Uh, you guys uh, were talking about safe, uh, safety features earlier. Uh, is there any is there any plan to have uh, things like lines and veils or the X card incorporated as a default feature in your rule twenty? Yeah. Um, so we've we've talked about it. And it is something we care a lot about, and we care enough about it not to do it badly the first time. So, yes, in the future, when we can actually take the time to figure out what that looks like and what, how that should be done so that it's, it's done in a responsible manner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you up front had a question on that. Yeah, uh, I had a question. You you talked about the, the using the whisper feature, for example, or fantasy grounds has got the language, mm -hmm. the different languages can come in. I think there's some scripts on on Roll Twenty. Uh, when you play live uh, around the table, I, I use slipping notes to my player. That in itself tends to build a certain level of stress with players, like especially as the frequency of notes are mm -hmm. slipping more and more. Other players know there's something going on. They don't know what it is. When you whisper, nobody else at the table knows you're whispering, and you lose that mm -hmm. suspense building uh, effect. Uh, what other means have you used to kind of give a hint? There's something going on that That's funny. don't know. Because we, we don't have access to Roll20 all the time, so we use um, like 
our whisper is just having like Facebook Messenger open. <laughs> so, so all I'll do is be like, oh, hey Joe, check your Facebook, I sent you a message. And then the other two are like, oh. oh. <laughs> so uh, like a very like, sneaky. but it's like a mistake way to do it. And sometimes yeah. you'll check, it's like, there's nothing you sent me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I know that I, when I was playing uh, one time, my GM kept whispering to me, and I hadn't figured out how to whisper back yet. <laughs> so everything, and it was you were typing it. Yeah, and it was and it was a drow campaign, so everybody was like backstabbing everyone, and so I'm I'm replying in text, uh, you know, but they don't know that I'm good, right? <laughs> <laughs> they do now. They don't know the twist yet, do they? <laughs> oh goodness! Now I want to play in a drow campaign. Actually, that sounds super fun. Um, for you guys personally, what do you think would be a better platform for first-time GMs? Uh, online, where they can like do play-by-post or something and see everything that they're playing out, or streaming, <laughs> where they can see people uh, face-to-face? I think that's probably personal. I was going to say, how are you most comfortable? Yeah, for me, definitely just face-to-face. -face yeah. Because that is like my favorite way to do it. Jamming, though, is like so high stress for people the first time you ever do it. like. If you feel comfortable having like everything out in front of you, Roll20 is perfect because it has all the stuff there. You can look at it. You get a, If you're a visual person. Plus, you can have all your notes arranged on your desk. You don't have to worry about the DM screen. You can have like your whole like world map laid out. It's all just for you, so you don't have to worry about that. I would say for a first-time GM, uh, the, the platform that you use isn't as important as the kind of support that you get. And what I mean by that is, do you have players who maybe know the game already? Uh, do okay. you have players who, uh, even if they don't know it or or aren't, um, you know, aren't experts, they love and care about you, and so whatever you do is going to be okay. Uh, do you have someone who maybe is a mentor? Um, I'm in a I'm in a group that uh, is called Roll Already that they, it's basically a mentorship program for new GMs and new players uh, for D and D. It, that's all they do is is like we we run I think we run almost two games of a night now, and it's just you know new players and new GMs learning how to, how to do this and a bunch of people who are mentoring them. So like like that's the that's the thing that I would say is more important than which platform, but rather what kind of support do you have? Great point. All right, everybody. So I think we are out of time. The Plus next it. panel <laughs> is lining up to start in this room. So thank you all to our audience for coming. Thank and thank you. you to our incredible panelists thank for you. sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much. Yeah.